Welcome to another powerful teaching by Dr. Todd J. Pulliam of One Accord International. All right, 2 Thessalonians 2 and 8, he, the Antichrist is referred to as the lawless one. So we know that this is someone that God can't work with uh, because God is a God of order. Amen. 1 John 2 and 18, he's the Antichrist. Um, we can see that the Antichrist is a man. Now, all around us, even now, the spirit of Antichrist is loose such as anti-anointing, anti-Jesus Christ, anti-Jesus died on the cross of Calvary, anti-resurrection from the dead. Uh, and so uh, you have anti, anti, anti. Uh, and so they're anti the kingdom. They're anti-healing. They're anti-virgin birth. So this is the spirit that we call the anti-Christ or in opposition to Daniel 8 and 13 uh, also uh, ministers concerning the Antichrist. We talked about the Roman Empire, uh, the Western Division, and the Eastern Division. Uh, we had a great time on Thursday night with that. I recommend that you get that teaching um, because there's, there's just, we ended up in a history lesson uh, as well as we talked about uh, everybody from Hannibal to Alexander the Great uh, to all the Caesars that ran Rome and, and how many were of African descent and were for African nations and how often the Roman capital changed and uh, in doing so, uh, oftentimes uh, from Carthage to whatever, uh, Rome was under African control. All right, uh, and so the ten toes as spoken of in the scriptures represent the ten horns. All right, we'll find that out in Daniel, uh, in the book of Daniel and Revelation as we go further. Uh, and in Daniel 7 and 24, 1 John 2 and 18, we see the Antichrist is the false pretender. So mark these three things down. He is not God's agent. Okay, so I now I'm moving expeditiously. We've already been through whether he is Jewish or whether he is Islamic, and we the scriptures prove that he is neither. Um, and so... That kind of leaves us with secularism. Uh, there's a scripture that's going to teach us, maybe even today, that his, uh, he has no connection to the God of his fathers. So, um, you know, that, that's a very interesting verse, and we'll, we'll deal with that when we get to it. All right, so he's not God's agent. He's not God's servant, and God does not use the Antichrist in any way. As we have taught you earlier, the Antichrist, this is very important, cannot come into the world yet because the Holy Spirit and the saints of God are still here. Whether you have accepted it or not, we have taught this to you quite often. You, the church, have the truest dominion in the earth. Often we try to push it off on God and we pray our prayers, Lord, if there be anything wrong with me, take it out of me, you know, you know the song. All right, and so, but you're the one with dominion in the earth. The church has dominion in the earth. Amen. Jesus tells the Father, I've left him my name, which was your name. I left him your word. Okay? And then he tells us that I will not leave you comfortless. Okay? In the New Testament, the comforter refers to the, in the Greek, parakletos, 
one who walks alongside of, one who empowers, one who teaches, one who leads, who guides, reinforces. All right. So we have the Holy Spirit. No Antichrist can come out as long as the Spirit of Christ is running things. And the Spirit of Christ runs things through us, the body of Christ. Amen? The Scripture says that the earth has been groaning, waiting for the literal manifestation of what? The sons and daughters of Almighty God. It's waiting on us because we have the mandate and the dominion to reverse the corruption that exists in the earth. Anything wrong, the church can fix it. Thank you for your enthusiasm. That would mean I need to say it again. Anything that's wrong in the earth, the church has dominion and power and authority and revelation knowledge to reverse it, to fix it, to change it. Glory to God. And so that's why the enemy has worked vicariously to keep the church what? Divided. Because when it is united, oh man, we're more powerful than those who were willing to build the tower straight up into heaven who had no Holy Ghost. So there's so much that we can do when we're united as a spirit-filled unit, the body of Christ. All right. And so we talked about uh, uh, this as well. Now, uh, Jesus is, let me just give you a note so you don't panic. Jesus is going to destroy him. The Antichrist is going to look like he's running things, but you and I, again, we're not too concerned because we're gone. Let me say that again. We are gone. Can I, can I get in a strong amen? We are what? Gone. What happens? Jesus raptures us out of the earth, reference being Revelation, starting chapter 2 and work your way through chapter 3, where he speaks to the church of Philadelphia, and he says, I'm pleased with how you've carried yourself, so I'm going to keep you from the hour. Or the trial that should come upon what? The whole earth. Well, how could he do that? Okay, except they all couldn't die at the same time. So it's speaking prophetically of the rapture. They're all raptured. Amen. And those of us who are part of the New Testament church who are leaving our names written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Now listen, I said leaving because that's all up to you. If you believe that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, then you're going to heaven. If you don't believe it, if you have questions about it, you need to solve that. Praise the Lord. Because we're going to read a verse, hopefully today, that tells us that the Antichrist is waiting on those whose names were left out of the book. <laughs> now, so let's step into this. Now, before I closed out, I, I, I brought this book because I wanted to reference some, something that I said on Thursday. And my hero for last day's teachings is Dr. Hilton Sutton. He's going on to be with Jesus. I, I, again, as I refer people, that does not mean that I agree with absolutely everything that they teach. But this gentleman is the closest that I've known to being truthful and accurate on last day's teaching. 
Uh, and then I must say that I learned of Dr. Hilton Sutton from Dr. Mark T. Barkley, uh, one of my fathers in the faith. And you don't, you don't mention one without mentioning how the other one is the reason how you know. All right, and so there's a book here that Dr. Sutton wrote, and it said, The Next Resurrection, You May Never Die. Okay, and so he's the one I learned the statement from, you've got to be doing a whole lot of hard work in order to miss heaven and make hell. you got to give it a really good try. To, to make hell, you've got to really go after it. I didn't say heaven. Religion tells you that to make heaven, you really got to go after it. But heaven is yours. Well, now wait. Somebody get me Genesis chapter number uh, uh, two. See, y'all going to make me teach up in here today. And I'm ready. I ate my spiritual Wheaties. And <laughs> I want two and eight. Now, I, I, I came to this because I talked about raptures within the seven year period, the 70th week that of, of Daniel's dream. All right. Now, uh, in a minute, I want to show you, well, well, let's do this now. This is why, this is why I say heaven is yours. Okay. Genesis two and eight, and the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Now, if you want to go detailed, you can include Genesis 1, 26 through 30, pardon me, through 28, where the scriptures say that you are made in the image and likeness of your father. Okay? You are made of the seed of God. Pause. Think on it. Let me say it again. You are made of the seed of God. Well, no, Brother Poem, I'm made from the seed of my dad. Let, let's, let's try it again. You're made from the seed of the Almighty. Okay? This is very important. The Holy Ghost was who was breathed into you originally. All right? Okay, so, well, y'all looking at me. Genesis 1, 26. Let's do that. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own what? Image. And in the image of who? God. Created he what? Him. Male and female created he what? Them. And God did what? Bless them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have what? Dominion. Have what? Dominion. Have what? Dominion. Over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Now, so, you, well, you know, where the Holy Ghost come in and I don't know about this. And Okay, now wait. All right, so let me,
stay in chapter 1. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree, and the which is the fruit of a tree yielding what? Seed. To you it shall be for meat, to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, to everything that creeps upon the earth, wherein there is life. I have given every green herb for meat, and it was so. And God saw everything that he made, and behold, it was very good, and the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Now, uh, if, if the seed produces or brings the transference of the future in the plant, it's got to be the same for us. So go down to 2 and 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils, what? The breath of life. And man became a living what? So, okay. So if everything has seed, Involved and seed is the transference of the future till today, to today, and into tomorrow. Then we're born of the seed of God, made in His image and in His what likeness. Now, this is why I say heaven belongs to you, not because of the song, but because of the verses. Same chapter, verse eight. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man whom he had formed. Right? And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from thence it was parted and became into four heads. Now, so the best of everything that exists, I'm paraphrasing, is about to be listed. All right, and then the Lord God took the man, put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. All right? And then he gives him commands of how to stay there. Had man obeyed, man wouldn't have ever left it. But it is a replica of the home where God lived. We were made in his image and in his likeness. He could have left us in the earth as it was presently designed, but decided not to, but to create the same environment he himself lived in so that he could visit with man and the same confines and the same environment, and, and things will be the same. All right. Disobedience is what costs us because he tells him that you can eat of every tree except one. And the tree that he tells him not to eat of is a tree. It does, now, isn't interesting? We would think that he would say, don't eat of that tree of life. But that's the one he says, he refers to it, it's, it's, like, it's like me, you know, when the kids were real small, I, I used to like to go by McDonald's. And, and I knew they were, oh, Lord, they were going to have some orders and a half. And so I used to like to take them by there and listen to them and carry on and hollering, you know. And so I'd say, now, uh, get what you want. And I would start listing out stuff that I knew they liked. Carrie, they got hamburgers. Wow. You know, and each of them had their, their desires. And, and you know, uh, we went through this phase with one. It was the ice cream with the Reese's Pieces. And, 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 and oh, yeah, I still remember them all. So I knew to get their attention, I said, they have, and I'd list it. 
so that they could refer to it and understand that they could have the best that the restaurant offered. So the father says, you can have this tree of life. Now, had he just said, hold on, let me taste that. You recommending the tree of life? Oh, yeah, you want some of that. Okay, he should have just did that and then went and bit. Because had he eaten of it, his condition could have never changed. And whether he ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil wouldn't have mattered. Because he would have eaten of eternal life, the Zoe life. That's why the Savior referred to it. You see? So when I when I think in terms of heaven, I, I think in terms of the Lord is 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 got that set aside for us. And hell and a lake of fire was for Satan and all those foul angels that we're supposed to help judge. We're not supposed to follow with them. Amen. You know, and you're not supposed to be afraid. I got to get saved. Why? Because I don't want to go to hell. Well, well, get saved for all the benefits. I'm not knocking anything or how people teach, but when I was growing up, they used to say, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. And they'd get to that thing, right now. You know, he will save you. Well, and I... <laughs> I'd fought every day that week, said some things I wasn't supposed to say, maybe told a lie, did all kind of stuff that I had no business doing, and oh, my heart would just break, and, and, and there I go. And my siblings, they, they, they said, he, he gets he get saved again. This time it's going to work. We would say that over each other, you know, look at him. He's going to get saved today, okay. He just trying to, before he get home, mama won't beat him, you know. And we, that's the way we used to think, you know, but we weren't really understanding the essence of salvation and choosing Jesus because rarely were the benefits preached us. We were getting saved out of fear. Now, if I tell, here, I, I want you to tell the truth, okay, because I'm going to tell it. How many of y'all, don't do it. I going to say, how many of y'all got saved out of fear? When you think about it, see, hands are going up already. Because, because you know, if the, if the organ hit the right key, and, and if the bishop hit his hand right on that platform just right, oh, that, that's it. I got to go in the name of Jesus. Got to go up. All right. So if we, why, why are some of y'all struggling? This is, a, this is a truth. People looking down like, I just, it's the truth. I just can't believe I did that. And do I need to get saved all over again? No, no, no. I'm teaching you the benefits so by faith you can embrace the benefits and thus engage in them. Amen? Praise the Lord. So, again, had he just received what the Lord referred to him, life would be entirely different. Amazing. So, when you're ministering to the unbelievers, to humanity, teach them the benefits. Stop fighting and hating people that are bound by sin. They're only doing what they know or they're bound to do. 
And it's crazy because God loves them madly. He doesn't want you and I out there fighting his harvest. Jesus loves the harvest. Who remembers the song, Jesus Loves the Little Children? All the little, how many of them? All the little children. How many of them? All the little children of the world. What's the colors? Red, yellow. Come on. They're all what? Now, the song was just as precious as it could be, but it was a good song. Lord Jesus. You catch the revelation, red or yellow. Okay, black or white. We done left people out. We done called people red. We done called them yellow. Black, white. Now, now, that, that, now I know that's a sacred cow and somewhat green pasture, but I'm, I'm, I, I, want to, I want to teach this to you so that you, you can get free from that and get ready to embrace the truth. Amen. All right, did that help? Okay, so let's go back now. That's why I said heaven is made for you and hell was for the devil. Hell and the lake of fire was for the devil and those that follow him. All right. Now, if you are an unbeliever, then you are a child of the devil, according to the scriptures. Well, that's what the word says. Okay, you can't deny that, and this church doesn't deny the scriptures. Amen. All right. So now, in this 70th, 70th week, that Daniel refers to, there are several things that happen. All right. The, fourth, the actual fourth rapture, the collection of someone from the earth to the heavens, begins with the, uh, uh, the rapture of the church. And I'm going to go back and teach over all these. All right. The next one, in the middle of the seven-year period, is 144,000 Pure Jewish men that have never touched anything unclean in their lives, and they're full of the gospel. They're going to go preach the gospel, and the multitude from that, that period of evangelism will experience a rapture as well. So once tribulation begins, that's not the end of raptures. Okay? Those who get one in that with the... Now, don't, don't be writing your notes down to me. Well, if I don't make it the first round, I go with this group. Let's just try for that first round. How about that? Praise the Lord. Let's believe for that first round. Amen. Okay. Hallelujah. This is why you don't want to be believing in post-tribulation. Because you got to miss a whole other, whole other group of raptures taking place. You got to stay around and skip the bus for the last one. Uh, I wouldn't do that. All right. The next one is the 144,000 themselves have to be raptured. That's still within that seven-year period. Okay? And then the next one is the two witnesses. They come down from heaven, and they're in the streets of Jerusalem, and they're preaching the gospel, and they're assassinated while the world's watching. News cameras on. They're assassinated because everybody thought the gospel was over when 144,000 were taken up. So now you have these two. And they're preaching, they're assassinated. So the cameras stay on them because somebody gets wind of what's been preached. I heard said that they're supposed to rise in three days. Just like Jesus did. Okay? According to the verses, they will. So while the news is still watching 
and the cameras are on and everybody's normalizing what's going on, this is why I'm always warning you, do not normalize or accept the backwardness that you see in the land, okay? Don't accept it. These two witnesses on the third day are going to do what? Get up while the cameras are still watching. People are going to say, uh-uh, ah, uh, nah, KB. I saw them killed. I saw them killed. Everybody saw it. Well, that's, that's going to lead to some kind of breakthrough because people will have seen it. I hope it does. Okay, so here, this is rapture number seven because when they get up, they don't hang around. They get up and go up. <laughs> so, okay, now, then Jesus comes for the great battle. Battle of Armageddon. Yes, seven of them. Well, who were the first ones? Let me give you that. I want you to be able to go home and say, I've got to study this for myself. I think Pastor and Bull one. Who was the first man that so pleased God with his faith? that the Lord did not allow him to see death. He raptured him up. Okay, so that's rapture one. All right. Who was the second man? He was such a powerful prophet and honored God so that he never saw death. That's number two. All right. <laughs> then there was this great, great man, greatest preacher and teacher of all time. Lived on the earth 33 some odd years. Dynamic ministry. Come on, somebody. I mean, his church at one time grew to 3,000. Great Savior. I, anointed. Come on now. Our big brother. Leader of the kingdom of God. Satan thought he had him, right? Man, they mocked him, laughed at him. But one thief got it right. This day. Include me with you. And what did Jesus say? This day will you enter paradise with me. So we always, we never, we never discuss that thief. We don't hear anything else about him. But for the whole time Jesus preached the gospel in hell, for the whole time that Jesus was doing what he was doing, on the third day when Jesus rose, guess who rose with him? The thief saw all of that. So I, I, I'm going to have my, oh, I'm going to have a different journal book when I get to heaven. But I've got to ask him, man, what all did you see? Because nobody writes anything because the thief didn't have the benefit of coming back like Jesus did to talk with the folks. So rapture number three was Jesus Christ himself resurrected from the dead. Right? That gives you seven. You got to work awfully hard to miss the last four. I mean, you've got to be working hard. So you've got to be deliberate in your attempt to go to hell if you go to hell. Because the Lord was deliberate in his attempt to save you. Amen? Now, let's go to work. Daniel chapter 9.
You doing okay? Praise the Lord. And again, the idea here is just to answer the questions and get us past this. We serve an amazing God. Okay. So I'm going to go through the scriptures, and I'm going to go through five, five points that are very important uh, to us today. And that will, I believe, conclude all that we want to do before it's time to shift to the book of Revelations. Beginning at verse 24, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. All right. Now I'll read it in the Amplified. Seventy weeks of years, 490 years, are decreed upon your people and upon your holy city, Jerusalem, to finish and to put an end to transgression, to seal up and make full the measure of sin, to bring it to a close, to bring life as we know it, and the dispensation of grace to a close, to purge away and to make expiation and reconciliation for sin. All right? So we have already been experiencing salvation. Now it will be time for our Jewish brothers and sisters we know them as our messianic brothers and sisters. It's their turn. Okay? All right? To bring in everlasting righteousness, permanent moral and spiritual rectitude in every area in relation to seal up vision and prophecy and prophet and to anoint a holy of holies. Now, uh, write this down. And uh, maybe we'll, we'll carry this uh, for another teaching. But Jesus will rule and reign in the earth for a thousand years. Okay? Satan will be bound. So uh, when, you, when you think of that, it's not going to be, uh, when the scriptures say with a rod of iron, doesn't mean that you're going to say, oh, Lord Jesus, if we get this wrong, say the wrong word, psh, it, 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 that, that's not what it's referring to because, see, Satan can't influence you. He's going to be bound for those thousand years. Okay? Uh, and Jesus is going to rule and reign, and you're going to rule and reign with him. Okay? Know therefore and understand, and he's going to rule from Jerusalem. That's why there's such a battle over Jerusalem. So if anybody ever tells you this whole religious thing, this whole thing of walking with Christ is not for real, don't listen to them. Don't go into strife with them. But the whole battle over who gets to own Jerusalem as a capital, is a, is a spiritual one. Because the promise was made to David. Right? And then Jesus comes through the line of David. Okay? And so the scripture says that Jesus is going to rule from there. Isaiah the prophet says that of the increase of his government, there shall be no what? End. This is very, very important. 
All right. So this is something that we can we can really use today in reaching humanity. The only reason that battle was going on is because the true savior will sit in that seat and rule the world from Jerusalem. And everybody wants relations to the true king. Can I get an amen? Can I get another amen? And so uh, Islam feels like, you know, Jesus should belong to them to a certain degree, although they won't use that name. They think Jerusalem belongs to them because they conquered it. So they're believing that their religion is stronger because they have conquered it. For so long, men use war and conquering as a means to determine who's in charge and whose God is alive. Okay? So now Israel is saying that Jerusalem should be our capital because God mandated, and he did. He did. And since Israel has been reestablished according to the promises of God as a nation now, Jerusalem should be their capital. But not yet. What happens, we always mess up when we try to put our hands in it. And we try to become captains of prophecy. And then we're going to twist and twerk and turn till we get it where we want it. It never works that way. That's no different than Jeremiah giving a prophecy from God about captivity coming on the people and other people prophesying it's not going to be. And Jeremiah says, no, you can't rise up and just deliver yourself. Oh, Lord, I feel like teaching. You're going to have to go through this because this is what he said. Come on, somebody. And, and Jeremiah had to break that thing down, and he got attacked over it. But make a long story short, God made them sit in captivity for the full term. See, this, this is important. So when, when, when it's time for Jerusalem to become the seat of rulership for Christ Jesus and the true capital of, of the true Israel, uh-oh, I'm getting all kinds of stuff started. And I believe the nation of Israel is the true Israel. Let me just make that clear. Others and other forces will then try to capture it one more time. Because then they can prevent the son, so they think, from taking his seat. But this time the son is going to visit. Thank you for listening to another powerful teaching from Dr. Todd J. Poyer. 